Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Uh, Well, hello for those of you who don't know me. My name is Mel. I am married to Benj. We have a almost... 11-month-old son named Milo. Um, he is awesome. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just you just need space as a mum. So <laughs> I love my kid, but I just need space sometimes. So every Friday morning, uh, Benj takes Milo for a walk, dad goals, um, and I get about an hour to myself, um, which is amazing. Um, so in that hour... I kind of just pondered to myself, like, what am I going to do with this newfound freedom, newfound free time? And I kind of go through this thing that I've affectionately liked to call the four S's of choice. So, am I going to, in this time, sleep? Because my little baby boy is a little nocturnal bat and likes to get up every two hours. I don't think I need to explain more why sleep is very, very important. All the mums would be like, yes, I know what you mean. Uh, So sleep, am I going to sweep? So I love a clean house. I'm not very good at keeping my house clean, but I do love a clean, tidy house with fresh sheets. So am I going to spend that hour cleaning? Probably not. Am I going to (laughs) scroll? Love a good scroll. I uh, love having a cheeky check-in on what people are doing, you know. I love uh, the holiday vibes, the honeymoon vibes in Maldives. I lived through um, Josh and Sina's recent holiday. It was good. So am I going to sleep, sweep, scroll, or here's the holy one, solitude. Am I going to spend time just being still in nature, spending time just in the Bible, in the Word, being still? What do you think my go-to is? Which one do you think my go-to is? (laughs) Well, I'd like to say it's the holy one, but, you know, most of the time, most of the time. Anyway, (laughs) so let me rephrase that. Which one of these do you think is my distraction? See, all these things are good within themselves. They're fine in their own right. Sleeping is amazing. Cleaning the house is satisfying. But I can easily get distracted rather than choosing to spend time with Jesus. So what distracts you from spending time with Jesus? So we've been slowly going through the book of Luke, and today we're going to be looking at the story of Mary and Martha. So it's in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. So here we go. This is what it says. Jesus visits Mary and Martha. As Jesus and the disciples continue on their way to Jerusalem, They came to a a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into their home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you were worried and upset 
Over all these details, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. So Jesus was traveling with his disciples, most likely coming up from Jericho on his way to Jerusalem when he makes a little pit stop at Mary and Martha's house in Bethany. So I suspect somewhere along the way, Jesus has sent word ahead to Martha that he's going to be popping in for a visit. And I assume because Jesus is coming, possibly his disciples are going to be visiting as well. So you can now begin to imagine why Martha was so stressed out when she received the news of her incoming guests. You know, Martha comes across to me as a bit of a perfectionist. So I think with this oncoming news, incoming news, she would have gone into absolute freak out mode. You know, there is so much stuff to be done. I have to go to the market to get some food. I need to flush, fluff the floor cushions. Now is about the time where I think she wishes that she bought that Thermomix. You know, it would have saved a lot of time to prepare for this. Martha would have been freaking out. Martha would have been like a nonna in the kitchen on Christmas Day, you know, that sweat just pouring off of her. So Martha's freaking out. She's halfway through dinner, and then all of a sudden she gets a knock on the door. She opens the door. Hey, Jesus. Hey, guys. Assuming the disciples are there. (laughs) Come on in, come on in. Sorry about the mess. Do you love when you go to someone's house and they always are like, sorry about the mess, but really like it's the cleanest house in the world that you've ever seen. It's just a thing that you have to say. Sorry about the mess, Jesus. Come on in, take a seat. I'm, I'm still preparing dinner, but I'll be out in a little bit. Just hang out there. In verse 38 to 40, it says that Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. Your girl's a homeowner. Must be nice. <laughs> It goes on to say that her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the dinner she was preparing. You know, if you read on in John, it's obvious that Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus were pretty good friends of Jesus. In John chapter 11, it says that they were loved by Jesus. So it's important to note here that there was already relationship here. So Jesus would have been tired from his travels on the road, and I bet you, I bet you, he would have just been so excited to just see some familiar faces, some people that just were just his people of peace, and he would have been so looking forward to just to hanging out with his good friends. But instead, he finds himself in the middle of a sibling argument. Oofed. <laughs> I don't remember, like, if you remember when you were younger, did you ever go to, like, a friend's house and then all of a sudden the friend starts, like, having a little argument with their sibling, you know, it's kind of like, like, I don't know, it's over something stupid half the time anyway, <laughs> but it's like, all of a sudden, like, the mum or dad gets home and then, and then it's all on, like, like, mum, mum, Sienna, she's like, mum, was the worst example. <laughs> Only child, guys. <laughs> you can't blame it on anybody. <laughs> All right, Craig Corkle comes home. Josh is like, Dad, Dad, 
Emily, Emily drank all the chalky milk. You would not believe it. This was my last chalky milk in the fridge. The, he knew, she knew it was for me. And then it just goes on and on and on and on. And there you are just like eating your metaphorical popcorn, just like watching the show. Like, this is awesome. Like, Emily is going to get in so much trouble. And like, you're, you're out of it. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> but then all of a sudden, you hear your name get dropped into the conversation so old, old Joshy is just like, <laughs> Dad, Dad, Mel was there. She saw everything. You're eating your popcorn. You're like, <laughs> uh, and it's so awkward because, like, you're little and you, wanna, you don't want to throw your friend under the bus, right? But you're also, like, terrified of the parents. So you just, like, <laughs> they turn to you and just go, is that true? And you just, you just nod. <laughs> <laughs> and hope that hope the consequences aren't bad for your friend. Anyway, good times. So this is kind of where Jesus found himself, although he was the one expected to dish out the rebuke. So Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening, and Martha is busy preparing a meal for everyone. And here is where things start to get spicy. Martha, busy, busy as in the kitchen. And then I think she just has this moment where she just realises she has been doing everything and she is for you, Ming. This is what it says. The passage says, she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here and does all the work? Tell her to come and help me. This girl has... Guts. Who speaks to Jesus in that way? I I don't know if I could, man. <laughs> so Martha comes across to me as a bit of a micromanager. So I reckon when she got this news that Jesus was coming, she would have just gone into just automatic mode. You know, she's writing out her to-do list. She's thinking about all these things that she has to do that I don't even think that she stopped for a second to just go, hey, I could actually get some help here. I could ask Mary to come and help me. I think that she was just so task-orientated that she forgot about it until it was too late. So she's fuming. And I love this. Are you ready for Jesus' response? It's actually so beautiful and so profound. Here's what he said. My dear Martha, you were worried and upset over all the details. There is only one thing, one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Let me tell you about why this particular response is so profound. Firstly, I love how it says, my dear Martha. In other versions, it says Martha, Martha, but my dear Martha. For me, those three words just just cut tension automatically. It says that I see you and that I hear you. You know, anyone else in that moment would have just been like, whoa, Martha is a piece of work. (laughs) But I love that that Jesus actually looks beyond the words and he calls out the root issue. This is what he says. He said, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset. You are worried and upset. You know, so often we just see the act. We see the tip of the iceberg, we see people's reaction and we 
automatically make assumptions about that person. But what we see here is that Jesus looks beyond the words itself and he sees the heart behind them. You know, stories of of Jesus calling out the root issue are literally littered throughout Scripture. The woman at the well, for example, what do people just automatically assume about her? She's she's no good woman. She's, She's had five husbands. But I love what Jesus saw. I love that he said the fact was that what she really needed was living water. What she really needed was a relationship with Jesus. So Jesus goes on to to say to Martha, there is only one thing to be concerned about, and Mary has discovered it. You see, Martha's generous hospitality, it wasn't minimised by Jesus. I'm sure he would have been completely fine if Martha just menu-logged some takeaway hummus, you know. (laughs) If if that was the case, that would... That would be great to feed everyone um, if only that was the case and she was able to be present with Jesus. I'm sure he would have loved that. But it was the heart behind the hospitality. It needed to be grounded in Mary's type of love for Jesus. So Jesus went to his friend's house to rest and to spend time with them. And I'm sure he would have been completely fine <laughs> if that was the case, but it kind of turned a bit, bit haywire. So are you too busy doing things for Jesus that you neglect to spend time with him? Are you too busy doing things for Jesus that you actually neglect to spend time with him? You see, Martha was distracted, and distracted in the context of this scripture means to be pulled or dragged in a different direction. The things that were distracting Martha, they weren't necessarily bad things. She was being a generous host. But the real question here is who was she doing it for? Or whose expectations was she trying to meet? See, no one is more busier than someone trying to meet the expectations of others. No one is more busier than someone trying to meet the expectations of others. I read this the other day. I love it. It says, In a culture of busyness and the relentless pursuit of productivity and wealth, we attempted to measure our worth by how busy we are, by how much we accomplish, or by how well we meet the expectations of others. By being busy, we are likely to end up with a kind of doing for God that is void of joy and that is void of love and that is resentful for others. See, Martha was resentful of Mary because Mary was getting to do the one thing that her heart was really longing for. But she didn't realise it yet. Her heart was longing just to be fully present with Jesus. See, at first glance, Jesus' response can, can seem like a bit of a rebuke, but his response to Martha was actually really an invitation. Martha, Martha, you are loved not for what you do or for how well you do it. You are valued for who 
you are. Martha, Martha, stop. Come and listen. Spend time with me. Is Jesus trying to get your attention today? Have you been so busy doing things that you have just missed that still, quiet voice? Stop. Come and listen. Spend time with me. Maybe that's a word for you today. You know, doing things for Jesus is beautiful. But sometimes we can get so distracted by the doing that we forget to be fully present with Jesus. So when was the last time that you were fully present with Jesus? No distractions, just you and him. And here's a big question. How do you spend time with Jesus? Now, I'm not a big person for the word should, (laughs) but I feel like everyone should have an answer to that question, how do you spend time with Jesus? I think it's so important. It's one of those things that we should ask ourselves daily, how have I spent time with Jesus and what does that look like? How do you spend time with Jesus? It can look completely different to everybody. You know, it can be time in the word, it can be time listening to worship music, it can just be time out in nature. But how do you spend time with Jesus? Trying to do good without taking God's word and presence is like expecting good fruit to grow from a tree that has been uprooted. For Martha, it wasn't about the work to be done, it was about the heart behind how she did the work. Her heart, her devotion, he just wanted to spend time with her. And this morning, I believe that he just wants to spend time with you. So I'll leave you with this one final thought. You know, listening and doing are both great things. And I think they're both needed in the church. It's like breathing in and breathing out. But when was the last time that you breathed in deeply? And Ben can come back up. So God, I just thank you so much for your presence. God, that every day you are continually knocking at our door. And we might get caught off guard like Martha. We might just be unexpected. But God, you are always wanting to whisper something to us, Lord. So God, right now, I just pray in this space, in this time, that we can just sit at your feet. God, give us a teachable heart in this moment, God, no matter where we are in the process of knowing you, Jesus, whether it's our first time here today or we've been coming for a long time. Jesus, will you refresh our soul today? 
Jesus, whatever has been distracting us from hearing your still small voice, Lord. Right now, in this moment, God, will everything else fall away, Lord? We are open to your presence here this morning, Jesus. Speak to us in a way that only is only from you. It's so personal that it is only from you. And if we've never experienced that, that presence of you here this morning, God, will you just make it just known so deeply, God, that we are loved, that we are valued for who we are, not what we do, not for how much money we have, for what job we have, or what job we don't have, God. We are valued because we are children of you, God that you first loved us, God. The way we know this morning that we are loved deeply, that we are valued deeply, God. I thank you for each and every person in this room that however they found their way into this space this morning, it's just a building. (laughs) But God, what makes it special is your presence and your people. So Lord, I thank you that you're building a home, that you're using us all irrespective of how we got here, brick by brick, stone by stone. You are the cornerstone, Lord, fitting us all together, building a holy place. So Lord, we welcome your presence right now. Speak to us, Lord. We're listening. Thank you, Jesus.